Hi everyone, welcome to the second season of the We For Women podcast. I'm your host Julie and I'm very excited to start this new season with you. This podcast aims at celebrating all women, creating the platform where we can express ourselves and this is a chance to take up space, connect, support and inspire each other. In each episode, we will feature a conversation with a special guest. You can find more about our projects and read our stories on weforwomen.co.uk where you can also take part and submit your own story. As a disclaimer, this podcast is an open, free and safe place to share our stories and have a friendly and non-judgmental conversation. The person being interviewed can share as little or as much as they want. Please be aware that we will sometimes be talking about experiences which might be triggering for some. Thanks for listening. Today I'm welcoming Grace for the first episode of the second season of the We For Women podcast. Grace is a singer and musician. She's a specialist singing teacher, musical director, and she describes herself as an all-round musical nerd living and working in Liverpool. She moved there for university and never left. She thrives on building up people and communities through music, education and performance. Hi Grace, how are you? Hi, I'm all right. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Thank you so much for being part of the podcast for that first episode of the second season. Um, was the description of yourself accurate? Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely, definitely a musical nerd, completely. Um, it follows me around like a bad smell, I think, realistically. Um, I can't keep my nose out of, out of music. You hear it on the street and my husband's always like, what do you think? I'm like, no, I'm not getting involved. I'm not working. So yeah, it's, it's one of those. And how did it all start? How did you get into music? Music, I mean, it's cliched and horrendous, but it's always been part of my life. Um, from a really young child, I mean, my mum's like, you were performing since you were like three, you'd stand on the aerobic step at home and sing along to Michael Jackson and do dance moves. Obviously, I have no recollection of this. Um, but I think music has always been kind of around there's always been a piano in the house um I used to dance and then it kind of I think probably around the age of five or six like that was when I showed sort of the first oh I can play this on the piano and I can play this on the piano and that's that's kind of where it started so really fairly young um, yeah and it kind of just grew from there until the point where it's completely taken over my life which is lovely um and yeah fills it with all sorts of fun every day were you singing first or playing in any instrument first? Was it any particular order? I think we'd, we'd always sung as a family. Um, we can't not, I think, is basically the way it goes. So from car road trips, we, we moved around a lot as kids. And so we used to do a lot of driving. Um, and so there would always be music on in the car, um, whether that was Queen, ABBA, David Bowie, all of those sorts of things. So singing was a big part. And then um, piano was the first instrument that I, I had formal tuition for. Okay, nice. And where is home to you? Now it's here, Liverpool. Yeah. Um, so I'm based uh, sort of in the suburbs, which is quite nice. Um, but it's one of those things, it's never, it's never really been a fixed place. It's not, it's not a place, it's a feeling, mm. as wishy-washy as that might sound, but it's, Sometimes it's when I'm, you know, at home in my own space. Sometimes it's when I'm immersed in my work. That's where I feel like I'm home or, 
you know sometimes there's those points where you need to run home to mom and kind of be like oh I just need somewhere safe and comforting yeah. um so yeah it really depends um it's more of a feeling for me um yeah. and currently it's it's here mm. um and and that's really nice I've never really lived anywhere very super long term as such so having now been in the city for 13 years that's probably almost the longest I've lived anywhere wow that sounds amazing um yeah I've never lived anywhere more than 10 years as well and I look forward to having roots somewhere actually um I was mentioning in your introduction that you teach singing and instruments you're an artist yourself um and I just wanted to link uh this with the home feeling I think this is one of the most brilliant thing about you. Um, your work is your passion, your passion is your work. And this is such a blessing. This is really an inspiring thing. So do you feel home when you practice that passion during your work? Yeah, I think I think that's a really weird one. I don't necessarily I don't necessarily feel it when I perform, which is really strange. Um, but a lot of the time I feel it. I feel it when I'm surrounded by other musicians. So if I'm if I'm singing for myself, sometimes sometimes there's that feeling of home, but I think more than anything, there's a feeling of there's an emotional need that I have to, I have to do this right now because I have to get this out. Um and music for me is that way of expression. It's that I feel like crap and I need to just have a good cry. Here are those songs. I will go and sing these. Um but a lot of the time that sense of home and that sense of safety and, and kind of security comes when I'm around other musicians and something works. So whether that's um, like I've been doing today and singing with the trio and it always lifts my mood and I'm always feeling great afterwards or whether it's a choir rehearsal and they absolutely nail something and it is incredible. And I stand there and I just go, oh, oh, okay. And it completely takes me back. Those moments are absolute jewels in a hard week of kind of, you know, working and pushing and, and striving. Those moments are the moments where I go, I'm home in my craft. Yeah. Because of the fact that they are, they're just so shiny and so brilliant and, and completely take you by surprise. Yeah. I love how you describe that. I can feel that you're passionate and your students must feel that. Is is there a key moment of your life you would like to share tonight with us? Um, and what was the lesson and the outcome of, of this moment, whether it was within your work or in your personal life? I was thinking about this and I kind of, um, I was like, oh, there's not one moment. And I think actually that's that's complete lie, um, looking back on it. I think obviously we've, we've, we still are in a weird, a weird time and everything is so up and down we're in lockdown we're not in lockdown we're isolating we're not isolating we're allowed to do this we're not allowed to do that um and that for me really especially when sort of all work stopped or all work moved online I had to really take stock and think about where am I going and what am I doing what do I want to do because there's nothing like living through a pandemic to really make you consider your own mortality as morbid as that sounds um and 
there've been lots of things that I've been kind of toying with for quite a while that I suddenly went, you know what, now, now is that time to kind of step forward. So it was at that point that I eventually caved to my uh, best friend's sort of needling of, you should set up a community choir. That's what you should do. You should be doing this thing because you love it. Um, and she'd been saying it for years and I'd just been like, yeah, yeah, I don't have the time. I don't, I can't do that. Mm. And I'd really kind of been my own worst critic in that sense. Um, so I did it. And that's what I did with my lockdown was that I established myself and kind of established this now thriving community choir um, just as we were coming out of lockdown in May. Well um, it was bonkers. It still is bonkers. Um, but they are a great set of singers. And as I say, there's something really warming about turning up every week. No matter what mood you're in, you might not be there ready to sing you might not be there in brain at all and it happens and you leave and you leave with a smile on your face and that towards the end of the week is is a bonus <laughs> could you share more information um about the group the name and where we could find out more about them uh so the choir is called wall of sound community choir and mm -hmm. um, we have a website which is uh wall of sound choir uh co.uk um you can find us on uh, instagram facebook um at wall of sound liverpool um because there is another one okay but they're not based in liverpool so it's fine um, <laughs> um but yeah they um they uh, come together every week um we're about to go into our first christmas season wow. having only been rehearsing for six months and um fingers crossed it's all going to go absolutely swimmingly and even if it doesn't we're going to have a brilliant time making all of the mistakes yeah I was going to ask you um are you going to perform live in front of an audience for the first time since March 2020 yeah for the wow. first time in Liverpool could you share that event um we are due fingers crossed next week uh, which is the 2nd of December we will be um at the Willowbank pub on Smithdown um, which is uh, just opposite the Asda. So we're going to be performing some Christmas numbers and some not Christmas numbers there. <laughs> um, we've got our own Christmas concert the following Thursday, which is the 9th. Um, tickets are pretty much sold out. Very but, nice. Well done. Um, you uh, can still donate. We're doing it for charity. Um, so you can still donate um, via um, my website, uh, gracealwoodmusic.co.uk forward slash winter um, and there's a donation um, there through Eventbrite um, so you can donate to the two organisations which are the Joseph Lappin Centre in Old Swan and uh, Liverpool Heart and Chest Hospital right. based here in Liverpool. Thank you for doing this. Um, yeah, we'll share the links on the description and on the social media, um, your website, your contact details and the choir. Thank you very much. Um, I love the idea of the choir. I love the idea of doing this in such difficult moments where everyone is home um, and you brought people together. I think this is such a generous thing to do. Um, how many people are in the choir at the moment? Uh, regularly attending, uh, we have about 30 members. Wow. Um, but we, we have about 45 that kind mm. of hop in and out um, realistically. So it's quite large. Yeah, it's amazing. Well done. 
And it's such a nice thing to do during the week as well, to look forward to when it's dark and we're all in lockdown. Um, music has been such a joy during the pandemic and I'm so glad you're doing this and you set this up. Um, this is really cool. Um, following on my questions, I wanted to ask you about the journey that brought you here. Is there any reflection, any feeling you want to share or reflect upon? It's been a really mixed bag. I'm not going to lie. Like when I was saying there's no, there's no one point, there's lots of little moments. Some of those are good. Some of those are awful. Some of those are completely in between. And, and so I think, you know, on reflection, there's lots of there's lots of points where we as humans and adults kind of turn around and go, oh, if I had a chance to do it over. And yeah, of course, there are always things that you either go back and you go, I probably wouldn't have done it that way now, but that's with hindsight. Mm -hmm. So although the journey has been lumpy and bumpy and continues to be so, um, I it's definitely an interesting one. Um, it, there's been a lot of learning curves along the way um, and generally I think you know I'm, I'm really happy about where where I've got to and hopefully what the outlook is as I yeah. move forward. Are you currently a freelance uh, teacher? Mixtured really so I work kind of counts as freelance so I work uh, two days a week at a school mm -hmm. um, and then the rest of my time is freelance um, okay. so whether that's running choirs or teaching privately mm -hmm. um or doing arranging or rehearsing for the trio there's all of those sorts of things that kind of play into it but yeah mostly mostly freelance which in itself is terrifying and wonderful how did you get into the freelance world um was it difficult was it natural by luck yeah unfortunately or fortunately um <laughs> I went to university here in Liverpool. I studied music um, and took singing as my instrument, but obviously I play piano to a high standard. I sing to a high standard. So those kind of go hand in hand. And there happened to be some work available um, through the university. And uh, the lady that was currently, uh, currently doing it, she couldn't fulfill the contract for, for various different reasons. Um, and they reached out again to my best friend she's amazing they reached out to my best friend because she'd done some of the work previously and she says I'm no longer in the city but this lady is um and from that mm. I then picked up some extra work and so everything's kind of been hey this opportunity has come up would you like to apply yeah um and and that's kind of how it's grown mm. um from you know working five days a week at McDonald's to to working four days a week freelance is is a big is a big turnaround and yeah. a beautiful one that's impressive um and in terms of teaching I guess you had to adjust this year for the past two years with these different lockdowns and the teaching via zoom I understand that it must have been quite stressful being freelance and everything stopped from one end to the other in 2020 so how did you cope and how did you adapt to online teaching? Again, the the nice thing about the places that I, I was working at the beginning of, of the pandemic was mm -hmm. that they are super supportive okay, of yeah. their staff members. So the places where I was already earning a wage, mm. 
they didn't stop paying us. Norm normally the way that we work for a freelance musician, even when we're working in schools, is that we we kind of turn up, do the job, and therefore get paid. Mm -hmm. And if we don't do the hours, we don't get paid. Whereas they turn around and went, okay, this is completely unprecedented. We don't want you to have no money. Yeah. So they they supported us, which I don't know where I'd be without that. Honestly, I, I, I utterly grateful utterly grateful that they they continued to to recognize us not just as numbers on a page but as yeah. as human beings mm -hmm. um that we are you know fairly dependent on that that steady income which is the reason why we do it so that that was the lovely thing about kind of working in that and again quite lucky I know plenty of other places that didn't do that and I know mm -hmm. plenty of other musicians and performers that we're really in in some some dangerous dangerous mm -hmm. waters financially and therefore mm -hmm. all the repercussions of that um so uh there were already things in motion pre-pandemic mm -hmm. to provide me with space so um my husband and i we um converted our garage which i'm currently sat in this is my home teaching studio Lovely. um which gives me the privacy and also gives me the workspace to do what yeah. I need to do as a professional yeah. musician on a day-to-day like basis. It's like a studio for you. Yeah. Is that where you teach and, and where you perform? And, so um, teaching, recording, all happens in this space. Um, so, yeah, it's useful. It's really useful. It is a box. Great. That's what it is, but it, it, does, <laughs> it does the trick. Um, so that that was really important and then mm -hmm. obviously guiding your students through that that kind of transition a lot mm -hmm. of the time you know especially with the younger students you were their only other point of contact mm. throughout that pandemic and yeah that, that was tough it was really tough on those kids mm, yeah and you've talked about um teaching and you starting a choir but i want to focus more about you um and you as an artist and i want to share your work and your art um and i want to show people what you do because this is about you this podcast is about you and celebrating you as well um so could you please tell us more about you music do you write do you compose do you perform in liverpool um do you have any dates planned um i do i don't generally write my own songs um, I find that a little bit terrifying and kudos to anybody that does and can put that out there because blah, yeah, utterly terrifying. But um, generally, my, my most of my my performing is with uh, a trio called the Baker Street Bells. Um, so that's myself and two other singers who are super close friends now. Um, and we are sort of we do andrew sisters covers so we're really in that kind of close harmony vintage trio stuff mm -hmm. um so when we first started out we were just sort of doing songs so we were taking andrew sister songs or Papini sisters and we were kind of going in learning their vocal harmonies and doing their songs with backing tracks and and things like that um and slowly over time what that has become is a vehicle for us to do our own arrangements for us to do our own interpretations of songs so while i'm not a composer and i'm not a songwriter um i'm definitely an arranger um and i'm a dab hand at kind of putting a dodgy backing track together 
um, in, in various different formats. Um, so a lot of what I do when I'm arranging is, is for, for that. But obviously that then translates, it's a great skill to have from the students because they may mm -hmm. come in and say, I want to do this song, but I don't like the way they do it. Mm. And it allows us to kind of pick that apart and go, well, we like this, we like this, we like this. And you can kind of filter through and build something that suits that person yeah. rather than having to do a complete carbon copy of something. Yeah, that's brilliant. Um, and how long have you been part of that trio? When did you create that trio? During lockdown. Because we had a lot of time on our hands. <laughs> um, <laughs> but the we did... Our first sort of informal concert would have been, oh, I don't even know. It was an outside, outside do. Yeah. Um, I think it was sort of July of first lockdown, so okay. that sort of time. But we yeah. did it outside, socially distanced. Yeah. Um, and then obviously we went back into lockdown. So we did all our Christmas stuff. We were recording things on our phone, sending it to each other. We then do video lip syncs, um, which would either be in time or not in time with our original track, who knows? Um, and that kind of grew and we built this sort of online presence for ourselves mm -hmm. where now we're gigging at least once a month. We've got three private bookings this coming month oh. in December. Um, and then, yeah it's it's a little bit yeah I mean it's one of those we had a rehearsal this evening and the most soon that's a terrible phrase <laughs> <laughs> the concert that's kind of coming up first yeah um, we've got all of that down and then we just kind okay. of we add a few extra numbers we take some out we rejig and we go um and then we're really excited that we've just booked new year's eve um mm. at one of our local pubs so that's going to be an exciting oh, time very very nice um, very good and we'll share all the links the instagram page um the social media website and all the future dates for the band would you yeah. say a band a group a trio group, maybe vocal vocal trio we a quite like trio. calling ourselves a, a vintage vocal trio I don't know we kind of it depends which hashtag we choose <laughs> on the day when we're posting but um yeah no it's it's great fun and it's yeah again it's that it's that lovely sense of I'm not doing it for me I'm doing it with other people yeah. and and that kind of support and the the joy of kind of when you absolutely yeah. get that thing so tight yeah that it it fizzes it's it's fantastic and when you say vintage that question might just be for me but is this in my head vintage is like the 50s with is it actually wow yeah the yeah. hair and yeah. the dresses. vintage mics yeah yeah so big big kind wow. of like yeah petticoats galore you name it it's so warm when you're in a, <laughs> um when you're in when you're in all your gear stuff but um I love yeah that. it's it's one of those it's it's really kind of stylized um we're very fortunate that um we all have very similar tastes and that actually the blend of yeah. our voices works really well together yeah you um, work well together in no way we don't have to all. try like in terms of creating that blend we don't have to try too hard yeah i love that you've made friends as well within your passion so you've got the passion and the friendship gathered um in one um trio which is really lovely and I wanted to get back to my question and and I wanted to see with you why would you say is um your biggest fear? Um 
biggest fear, one that absolutely and utterly scares the life out of me is not being enough in whatever way, shape or form you want to phrase that. And I think it's a really common thing that that people struggle with, or it might just be me. Um, but the idea of of working so hard and never quite being there, mm-hmm. never having reached the end point um, or never quite being enough is, is the biggest fear. And mm-hmm. it rules the roost a lot of the time. And there's a lot of hard work um, that goes into being able to admit that mm-hmm. and not hide from it. Mm. Yeah, I think it's great that you recognize it. And I think that it's a feeling that many women have because women have to double up the work. We don't get the same recognition as men, basically. Um, but I can tell you that you're doing amazingly well. Um, and we're celebrating you and your story today and what you've achieved and what you've done is so impressive. I think, I think if you'd have asked me that, I- I don't know. I I'm quite I am quite an open book in some in some regards. And I think when when I contacted you and kind of went, hey, this is me, um, knowing that you were looking for people to come and have a chat with. Mm-hmm. If I'd have 12 months ago, not a chance. Not an absolute chance would I have taken that plunge. You don't want to talk to me. I'm nothing like I'm just doing my job. I'm just being me. I'm just, I'm just not. Um and actually, it was the encouragement of actually one of my students who was like, I think you'd be really good for this. Um, Thanks to that student. Pick up. Shout out. Yeah, Thank you. Student, um, who was like, I think you'd be really good for this. Um, and I was like, OK, I'll send them a message. <laughs> um, and it's it's always that self-doubt. There's always that self-doubt running behind me. And I, that in some ways makes me work so hard because yeah. of the fact that I'm running away from that a lot of the time. Mm, yeah. <laughs> if I keep working, then that can't catch me. Um, Everything that you have created and created and performed, it is amazing. Um, but obviously it is a personal, very personal feeling and it must be tough for you to feel like that. It's beneficial and destructive in, in equal measure, I reckon. <laughs> yeah. And from what I learned about the platform um, is that you can actually start something um, regardless of preconception I may have had. And I think as long as you are true to yourself and to others, um, do it for you. And I think that's the main thing. Um, we talk a lot about social media and this platform being a double-edged sword. It can be great, but it can also be very nasty. And I think it's been amazing for this project, We For Women. And I haven't met amazing people like you. Um, But on the other hand, it's very scary how much we compare ourselves and how much people only show um, the best best side of their lives. And it's not the reality. Something that I, I try to avoid as much as possible I'm, I'm a real advocate for kind of trying to be as honest as you can about what is going on for you because mm-hmm. you don't know who else needs to hear it you don't know who else needs to 
needs to take that moment to kind of go oh okay that's fine um and and kind of really take a take a look at how they're feeling or just acknowledge that it's not the same experience for for one person as it is for the other um and I can sit here and I can I can say you know all of these wonderful things when inside it's absolutely bloody scary mm -hmm. to sit here and know where this is going and kind of go oh yeah I've actually said that out loud to people that are going to hear it from everywhere and and that's that's massive um and in some ways that's that's a great achievement for me because normally I'd be like oh I'll find something that I can kind of gloss over it with and and not not admit mm -hmm. but um yeah it's it's one of those I, I find social media an interesting place to be and sometimes it has to go in the bin and it has to go away for a little while <laughs> I think to that's give a good, me that space that's a very good conclusion to social media to that question <laughs> so what would you say is your biggest achievement and how did you get there I'm not really sure what my biggest achievement is <laughs> to be honest it's one of those that there's um there's lots of things I'm proud of um there's um i think um <laughs> they've all escaped <laughs> they've all left um <laughs> so realistically i think i think a lot of my a lot of my biggest achievements come down to what i'm like now mm -hmm. um and the confidence that i've built Yeah. slowly over the years um there were lots of things that kind of helped me get there I guess mm. um so when I first started teaching I was high out of uni and you know 21 year old me thought that they knew everything and that they were the bee's knees and it took me a while to realize that I definitely wasn't um and to actually go out and seek further training, um, to specialize in what I do. Um, and that took a while, I'm not gonna lie. There were some pretty big um, sort of jumps that I had to make. Mm -hmm. um, about five or six years ago, I threw myself uh, into a training course with a company called Vocal Process, um, who I've continued to work with. Um, and I arrived at the course not knowing what to expect with eight or nine other singing teachers in the room and suddenly went, oh shit, I know nothing. And that was terrifying. Um, through their help and through the rest of the training and the support of lots of other people and meeting people along the way, I've got to this point and I've got to where I am now. And I think for me kind of, taking that plunge and jumping off and kind of accepting and knowing that I didn't know everything yeah that and admitting that and kind of being brave enough and big enough to admit that and still admit that to that to this day that that's my biggest achievement it is and it's really inspiring to see that you do a lot during the week the teaching and everything between it around your art um you give a lot And I love that in a podcast, we get to see this part of you and talk about your story. Um, we get to talk um, to really inspire women and see what they're up to and why, what drives them, really. 
Uh, and I can tell that your passion is very contagious. It transpires from you. It's really beautiful to watch. I always want to create somewhere that somebody can feel safe, mm -hmm. I think. And I know for me that a lot of the time, the places where I felt safest growing up was when I was in music. And whether that was playing music for myself, listening to it on the radio, um, exploring music within a lesson or learning a new skill, whatever whatever that was, that's where I always felt, felt safest. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Which is strange because performance is so exposing as a human. Mm -hmm. but that's where I felt safest because sometimes I could put on a character sometimes and I knew I knew that I was capable um yeah. and all I want is if even for 30 seconds of a lesson or a whole hour of a lesson or mm -hmm. maybe not during that lesson but during a week somebody feels that way about themselves or about the music that they're creating or the sound that they've just managed to master that they haven't cracked ever before or didn't think they'd ever find again that for me makes it all worthwhile whether yeah, yeah and, and just create that space for someone to have that that safe space for self-expression yeah it makes it all worthwhile i guess and it must be really rewarding as well seeing students performing and achieving um, I think this is such a lovely feeling as both on the teacher side and the student side. And, and what would you say to the 10 year old you? Probably now with the joyous benefit of hindsight and quite a few years on top of that 10 year old, um, it would be to take up space realistically to take up space and to make yourself heard. Yeah. Because so much so much of what I am now like I think comes from some of that not wanting to rock the boat and not wanting not not wanting to necessarily always be the center of attention mm -hmm. and thinking that that was potentially a bad thing um and while I don't think that I I don't think that I thrive on being the center of attention. I think I can do it and I can make it part of my work. Mm -hmm. um, I think just the idea of being able to hold your own space and 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 be heard for what is mm -hmm. what is your true value and what you truly believe rather than letting somebody else tell you. I'm very interested in what you were saying in the sense of taking that space um, in the performance and having your own persona, which is such an interesting concept. Um, you can actually be someone else on stage. Do you ever get um, stage fright or does everything around you kind of vanish uh, and you just have the confidence to do it? You just do it. <laughs> it really depends. And, and a lot of it depends on on where I'm at mentally at that point. If there's lots of other stuff bubbling on in the background, sometimes, and there have been, you know, I, I have a distinct memory um, of doing a dance competition. I can't have been very old. Um, and we were living um, in Gloucestershire and I was doing mm -hmm. a dance festival. And I got on stage to do this number and can I remember anything? No. 
no I can't I can't remember what step comes next so I'm mm. stood on stage in full costume and I haven't clicked and that was terrifying and mm. a lot of the time I've tried so hard to try not to be back in that same place there have been times when I've been on stage and I've forgotten things yeah. but as a singer somehow I find it much easier to kind of cover over the gaps you yeah. sing the same verse again you you make something up you put an extra word in you substitute one word for another and you make your way through and so thankfully because of that I know that I will always make a way through um I get nervous I think I think I wouldn't be human if I didn't get nervous but I don't I thankfully don't suffer with stage fright to the extent where I can't I will always make myself in some way shape or form um and eventually by the time I've done it I'm kind of like oh I'm relieved I've done that <laughs> um yeah but yeah I'm very lucky in that sense and the feeling of performing and doing it and the feeling after must be absolutely incredible because you did it it's strange um it's it's one of those that again through time and thinking about it about how do I approach this and how do I get through a lot of the time words are my biggest enemy I'm terrible for memorizing uh, memorizing words and um I find that they're the thing that kind of holds me back because if I'm concentrating they're the thing that are going to leave my brain whereas if I'm relaxed and enjoying myself and allow myself to be in the moment rather mm -hmm. than thinking 15 steps ahead um everything works as it as it should really um and yeah there's something really nice especially when you can kind of get lost in a mm -hmm. song and and lost in the feeling and lost in the 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 character of a song that is useful and um and again quite cathartic and really enjoyable sometimes especially when you just you don't hold back and you just let it go and see what happens exactly grace it has been such a joy to have you on the podcast um i've loved it uh, unfortunately we are approaching the end of this recording um i'm just going to ask you the last question um which woman or women um inspire you and why um i think it's a lot of women just generally in my life whether they i encounter them for work or mm -hmm. um just in passing there's so many people that I've been lucky enough to kind of meet along the way and some have been here for a long time and some some haven't um massive shout out to uh my two besties and our group chat called the women um <laughs> just the women and they keep me going most days but then obviously I have I have the Baker Street Bells and, and Kate and, and Vicky there who you know I know I can reach out at any point and and they will they will be there but there's so many um so many but I think I think realistically it's the women that are keeping going despite despite everything else mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. and kind of trying to keep the head above water and doing a cracking job at it even when they feel horrendous yeah. that they inspire me because if you can keep doing that through through the adverse times then then you know when the good times come everything's going to be a lot better fingers yeah. crossed you can go through anything and it's very motivating to hear um 
Is there anything that you wanted to add to the podcast? Is there anything that you came to say and we haven't talked about yet? I don't think so. Um, I just want to say thank you for for inviting me and taking interest in in my little, hey, I'd like to do this. Thank um, you. Because for... giving the space and giving giving the opportunity for different women to come in and, and have their have their stories told is is a massive, massive privilege. So thank you so much. Well, thank you for taking the space and for coming on that journey with me tonight, Grace. Hearing you talk about your work and your passion, as I said, has been very contagious. Even through screen, um, you give so much energy. It's been just incredible. I feel so energized now. Um, we've been very lucky to share uh, this moment with you. And this is what I think We For Women and this podcast is about um, is about you. And I'd love for people to know more about you, to know about your world and your work. Um, and hopefully people will get to see you live in Liverpool very soon. Uh, we'll put the links and dates on the description. Um, thank you so much for allowing us to be with you tonight, um, part of this journey uh, for doing this podcast. Um, it's been amazing meeting you and I hope I'll see you very soon. Yeah, yeah. Give us a shout when you're in Liverpool because we'll there. Uh, <laughs> I will, thank coffee. you. Yeah, definitely. Thank you very much. Not a problem, Julie, and I will see you soon. Bye.